84. I'm glad. Open your Bibles again to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. I am uh, thoroughly enjoying the ministry these days. I have preached nearly every day somewhere around the country, and I am very busy November. But I've enjoyed church, I've enjoyed ministry, I've enjoyed studying the Word of God. I love what I call coloring the Psalms, and that's what I'm going to do today. I like to color Psalm 84. I'm going to give you four basic words to write down in the margin of your Bible from Psalm 84. But I enjoy life, I enjoy ministry. I'm thankful that even bearing burdens, that Christ is our burden bearer, and he is our strength. And I want to preach this morning about just the blessing of being in church. That's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to preach about. And uh, I've titled the message, There is no assembly like this assembly. Think about it. There's no organization that its only purpose just talk about God. I mean, that's, that's all it's about. We're here to learn more about Him. And I'm going to give you four words this morning uh, to help color uh, this psalm and give meaning to it. And I trust that every time uh, you read Psalm 84 from this time forward, that you'll have a better understanding because understanding helps us with application, applying it to our lives and living. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray because I hunger I hunger so much for your power. I want to walk in your spirit. I want to be obedient to you. And I, I don't want the message to be from my mind. I want it to be from the word of God delivered uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. And I pray, Lord, if there are those here today that have never received you as their personal Savior, I pray that today they would trust you as their personal Savior and they would leave knowing that they're a child of the king, and heaven is their home. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Psalm number 84 is about the tabernacle. It's about the meeting place of God's people. In this day, the power of God rested on the tabernacle. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit indwells the believer uh, his power is not on a building, it is within the believer. Are you with me this morning? And we understand that's the way things are today. However, even though we are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit and we are the church, we still come together in this place to assemble for the word church. Uh, comes from the word ecclesia, which means a called out assembly we come to assemble together and the psalmist is talking about the assembly now in psalm 84 it is a time in history when absalom the son of david has rebelled against his father and he is attempting to take over the throne I believe he could have stayed there and he could have had his son killed and his son did die as a result of his rebellion. But David fled from him. He fled from him not wanting to have the controversy that was going on with the rebellion of his son. And it is believed that Psalm 84 
is written by David when he could not be in the assembly of the tabernacle and he missed being together with God's people at the tabernacle. And so he wrote this song or he wrote this psalm talking about how much he missed the assembly, how much he missed being with God's people to assemble and sing about and talk about God. Now that's what the history of the psalm is. When we gather to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, as we have this morning, as we begin the new week, having our first activity of the first day of the week, coming together in church, we come to worship God together. We come to learn about Him, and that's what this psalm is about. I want to give you four words that describe that assembly, that coming together. And I'll tell you this morning, I'm glad to be together in church. I enjoy your company. I enjoy the fellowship. But the thing I enjoy most is all of us, we pick up a songbook and we sing about one person and that's about Christ. Either who he is or what he does or what he's doing or what he's going to do. We open the word of God written. This is not a book about God. This is God's word to us. And we open today to just talk about the assembling together for the worshiping of God. First of all, I want you to write down the word delight. Delight. This is a place of delight. David describes the house of God as being amiable. A-M-I-A-B-L-E. If you look that word up in Webster's Dictionary or a simple dictionary like that, you'll find that the word amiable means friendly or means pleasant. That's what the assembly ought to be. It ought to be a place that we enjoy going because it is a friendly place. It is a pleasant place. And it should be that because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. Look at verse number 1. He says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. May I say this morning, God's people ought to love the assembling of ourselves together in church. Now, if we have, uh, if we have uh, uh, gathered things in our life that we had rather do, we need to get rid of anything that would hinder us from desiring and enjoying being together in God's house on a Sunday morning. This is where we ought to begin our week. It's where we begin our day. It's where we begin our thinking and our behavior for the week. God's people ought to love the assembling of ourselves together. Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews, uh, he said, not forsaking the assembling, uh, uh, to, uh, to, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. What's he talking about? He's talking about the coming of Christ. I believe Jesus is coming soon. I believe he is. And I want to make sure as we come to that day that I don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 122. Psalm 122 and verse number 1. The psalmist said this in a different song or a different psalm. He said in 122 and verse number 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. 
I love church. I mean that. I started going nine months before I was born. I still enjoy church. I've burned out. I still enjoy church. I hear folks say, I don't want to go to church. There's, there's this and that. There's hypocrites there. Well, if, 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 if I didn't go any place that there were people, I'd just stay at home and, and wouldn't be too uh, comfortable with myself at home. I'm thankful for the church this morning. I love church. It's here where we find hope. It's here where we find help. It is here where we find fellowship. It is here where we find friendship and understanding and worship. Uh, we find what we need for the journey of life. We should always be sure that we see church and we work to make church a delight in our lives. shouldn't dread going to church. You should delight in going to the Lord's house. It always helps us to be in church. It always helps us to be in church. The delight of the assembly. Let me give you the second word. It gives us the right desire. Write down the word desire. Between, beside verse number 2 and verse number 10, it gives us the right desire. David longed. He said, I wish I could be at the tabernacle. He was away from Jerusalem. He had uh, left and for some time was away from the city of Jerusalem. And he missed. And, 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 and he certainly missed other things in his life. He certainly missed his family. He was certainly broken hearted by his son uh, that had rebelled. But the thing that he wrote about, the thing that he sung about was that he missed the tabernacle. Look at verse number 2. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. Now, I haven't missed very much church in my life. I've been in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and uh, most of the time, the last 25 years, every Monday night and every Tuesday night, at the last 20 years, every Thursday in college chapel, and in the month of October and November, even Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I have preached somewhere. I, I haven't missed very much church, but the time I miss church, boy, you talk about an empty feeling. An empty feeling. The, the, the psalmist said, I longed for, I even fainted, he said, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Look at verse number 10. For, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. One day in God's house is better than a thousand days. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness, his desire to be in the Lord's house. You know, there's certain places that you get that you like in life that you like going to. I recall growing up how special my grandparents' house was. Now, it wasn't because of the house. It was because of the who that lived in the house. Well, let me be specific. It was because what the who cooked that lived in the house that I liked going to grandma's house. Wasn't it something her food was just, I mean, just good. I liked being there. I liked being around her. Uh, I remember being in college and how I missed home. And uh, it was good to be able to just go home for just a few hours, just for a nighttime. And then uh, and, and when I first went to college, I was in Chattanooga at Tennessee Temple University. And I was, uh, I was glad to be able to go home uh, maybe for a weekend or just a night. Uh, there was something special about it. There's something special about this place. My desire is to be in God's house when it comes church time. The desire of my heart. 
one of the interesting stories of history. Boy, I, I, I started to say I was just kidding about that, preaching for an hour, but I'm looking at my watch, and I may just very well do it. But anyway, I, I, I won't do it. I'll do half of it this morning, the other half tonight. Uh, but, but, but one of the great days in history was the Soviet Union had declared, we will show the world what life is like without God and without a belief in God. And Dwight D. Eisenhower responded to that by saying, in America we will show the world what life is like with our faith in a real God. It's an interesting part of history to read about. It was during the 50s that under God was added to the Pledge of Allegiance. It was during the 1950s that the phrase, in God we trust, was added uh, to our currency. It was during the 1950s that church attendance was at the highest level because President Eisenhower actually went on the Back to God radio program encouraging people and challenging people, take your family to church Teach your family the word of God. It ought to be the desire of our heart. It ought to be our desire to be in the fellowship of God's people. By the way, we ought to make church a happy place. Boy, I tell you, and, and I don't have time for a lot of stories. I keep telling them. Uh, I, I remember going to a preacher's fellowship, and I, I thought I was at a convention of undertakers. When I was a young preacher, I, I thought it was, and I, I never heard. I thought, my goodness, you would think God was sick and nearly dead. God is not sick. God is not dead. God is able. I'm on the winning side. I decided as a young preacher I was going to enjoy the Christian life, and I was going to preach the truth of that book, and I don't care what the circumstances are. God is in control. Young preacher was asked by an old preacher, Dr. John Rice. He said to the young preacher, he said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. And Dr. Rice said, what are you doing under there? Get out from under the circumstances and stand on the promises of God. Church ought to be not only a delight, it ought to be the desire of our heart. You ought to make church a friendly place. You ought to make church a happy place. You ought to decide... I am going to contribute to the overall enjoyment of being in God's house. Let me give you the third one, and I love this, and it'll take me a while to go through this. Church should cause a devotion in our heart to God. It should connect us closer to God. Look at verse number 3. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house. Now, now, David is away from the tabernacle. He's miles away. He's longing. I mean, he's nearly fainting, desiring to be in the tabernacle. He is missing being there. And he is reminded of a sight, no doubt, that he had seen before. And he recalls that. And in this song, he writes the words, Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. And then we have a musical term, Selah. You know what that means? Think on that. 
think about the birds that have made a dwelling place in the altar. As David thought about the Lord's house and how far away it was from him, he began to reflect on the memories he had had about that place. And he thought about the little birds he had seen that had made their home not only in the tabernacle, uh, but in the altars of the tabernacle. And it seemed that David may have been even a bit jealous as he wishes he was there. As he think of the, thinks of the birds, he mentions two types of birds. Do you see it? He mentions the sparrow and he mentions the swallow. If these birds were labeled, they could be labeled like this. The sparrow is the worthless bird and the swallow is the wandering bird. Now think about it. We're going to color this psalm. David says that both the worthless sparrow and the wandering swallow found exactly what they needed at the house of God. They found a house. They found a home. Note the lessons that we can learn from these verses. First of all, church is a place for the unwanted. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 verse number 29... Uh, if, if, let's just read it. Let, let's read it. Matthew 10, 29. You, you want to see this. Matthew 10, verse number 29. He talks about, Jesus talks about the sparrow. Matthew 10, 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. He's talking about the worthlessness of a sparrow. You can buy them. You can get them for near nothing. Ah, but listen. The sparrow found a place at the tabernacle to dwell. The sparrow was worthless and unwanted. And they arrived in great numbers as uninvited guests. They came needy, looking for a place of shelter and a place for food. And they found what they came after. They found shelter. They found food. And what a picture these little birds are of the sinner. That the world, no matter all of the things that they offer, they cannot offer what it takes to satisfy the hunger in our soul. And I'm glad that I found the truth of the gospel and the word of God at the church house and a maybe as a worthless sparrow to the world. Ah, but I'm in the loving care of the heavenly father in the place of worship. Though there were many, there is room for all. Though all are in need of shelter and of food, there is plenty of provision in the Lord for all of them. This place is truly a place for the unwanted of the world. That's what the psalmist is saying. He also said in verse number 3, it's a place of a permanent dwelling. This verse said the sparrow found a house. A house is a place where you dwell. A house is a place of permanent residence. 
Thank God the church is a place where we can sit down our roots and dwell. The idea of a house brings to mind a place of comfort, a place of safety, a suitable dwelling. And my dear friend, that's what I found in the church house. I found my crowd. I found my place. I found my Savior. I found my people. I found the goodness of God. I found what heaven ought to be when church ought to be just a little bit of heaven on earth it's a permanent dwelling notice he also says in verse 3 it's a place for the pilgrim think about this while the sparrow is more of a permanent resident the swallow is a different kind of bird he is a wanderer he is a pilgrim the swallow flies away in the fall and returns in the spring he is a wanderer Yet at the tabernacle, the pilgrim swallow found a place of safety and shelter in the midst of his journeys. The pilgrim saint of God has found the church to be the same for them. The house of God is a place of safety. It is a place of shelter in a cruel world. Uh, we sing the song, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm glad as I pass through, the church is a place of safety. The church is a place of shelter. The church is a place where the word of God is, is preached to give me the food and the comfort that I need. Excuse me while I get excited a little bit this morning if you don't mind. It's a place where the cares of life can be laid aside and where rest can be found. You'll also notice in this, uh, in this verse, uh, verse uh, you'll find the word nest. And that gives the idea of something that is temporary they build nest every year it's temporary the church is a great gift from God we don't need it forever one day we're going to step over on the other side and dear friend that's not a nest ah dear friend that's that's heaven that's a mansion. That's where the streets are of gold and the gates are of pearl. I'm thankful for the church that is called a nest for the swallow. It is a temporary dwelling place for the child of God now. Ah, but one day, Jesus said, when he served the disciples at the Last Supper, he said, I'll not do this again until we get to heaven. Oh, but when we get to heaven, we're going to have fellowship with the Savior throughout eternity. Ah, that's not all he said. It's a place for the young. Same verse, verse number three. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, the swallow a nest for herself. Notice this line, where she may lay her young. The Bible tells us that the swallow found a place to raise her little ones. The church is a place to raise children. I'm glad I was raised in church. I'm glad I was taken to the nursery. Well, those were rough days. Church nursery. I'm glad I grew up in the primary department in Sunday school and the junior department. I'm glad that my parents had me in Sunday school. I'm thankful for the day that I went into that seventh grade Sunday school class and that young recently had been in Vietnam, a young army soldier. 
uh, that foot soldier as he talked about uh, the dangers and difficulties in Vietnam and he opened the Bible to Ephesians chapter 6 and he taught me to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that my parents have brought me up uh, from my youth and Sunday school and church and I want to say this morning church is a place that we can rear our children. Sunday morning's not the day for football. Sunday morning's not the day for baseball. Sunday morning's not the day for picnics. Sunday morning is for church. Sunday morning is for Sunday school. The psalmist said it's a good place to raise your children. Then let me give you the last word. It not only is a delight. Church is a delight. And we ought to make sure that it is, it, it's the, it is a delightful place. Amiable, pleasant, friendly. It gives us and reminds us of the right desire. When you're in church, you say, I'm glad I'm here. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is the right desire. And then not only a desire, but a devotion. And last of all, it reminds us of our duty. Write down the word duty in the margin of your Bible. Beside Psalm 84, it reminds us of our duty. Verse number 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Notice that, a doorkeeper. Every Sunday morning... Brother Xavier Lewis comes early and he helps me make sure all the Sunday school doors are open. Where is Xavier? He's right back there all the way in the back. And uh, he, he comes early this morning. He said, I, I was just working and studying. I, I spoke to him, shook his hand and asked him how he was doing. And, and, after, we, and after we talked for a few minutes, I went back to reading. And he said, uh, preacher, he said, the Sunday school classes are still locked. And, and I said, I forgot. Just been doing it a thousand weeks. And I gave him my keys and he goes, make sure every door is unlocked. You know what the psalmist said? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Church reminds me of my duty. Hey, we didn't come here to sit and soak and sour. We came here to learn about serving God. And it's your job and it's my job to be a light in this dark world and to be salt in this rotten world. And you be careful about calling out the darkness of the world because it's an indictment on the light. When the world is dark and when the world is rotten, it's an indictment on the salt. It's our responsibility. Church reminds me of my duty to be salt and light in this world. Take your Bibles and go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I love the verses, verse 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8. Ephesians 2, verse number 8. I love that. I love for you to open your Bibles. I like to hear that. With hearing aids, you don't understand voice as well, but you do know that somebody's talking to you, but the rustling of leaves, I can hear that well. I like it. Ephesians 2, verse number 8, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Then he said, Not of works, lest any man should boast. But that's not the end, verse number 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. 
which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Church, I challenge you today, when you leave this place, that you've been reminded of your duty to be salt and light in this world. The psalmist was a long way from the tabernacle. It came time for the people of God to assemble in the tabernacle. And the only thing on the heart and mind of David was not the food that he missed, not the family that he was separated from. But he said, I wish I was in the tabernacle. And his mind went to those birds as they flew in and out and their nest had been made. And he said, I, I long, I desire to be in God's house. I love church. And there is no assembly like this assembly. We need to be faithful to church. Why? Because we need to be reminded of our possession, who we belong to, and our responsibility, who we're supposed to serve. Stand with me, if you will. Thank you for listening to the Word of God this morning from Psalm 84.